Welcome to the Positive View Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Christy Murphy. And I'm your other host, Brianna G. Today, we're talking about toxic positivity. Yes, but before we get to that, at the end of every episode, we set a mission for ourselves. And last week's mission was to come up with one thing you can use as a go-to activity the next time you're bored. So, Brianna, how did that go for you? Well, I think I've got a list. So I, the next time I'm bored, I feel like I'm covered. <laughs> so I started with things that would be... Honestly, I started with things that wouldn't be very taxing (laughs) so that (laughs) they would just be nice kind of, I don't know, activities, but not anything that would be, you know, too big that I'd think, eh, I'm not doing that. So um, my list that I came up with first and foremost was coloring. I think, as we mentioned, I got gel pens for Christmas and then a coloring book. And then I had your coloring book. I was, I've been a coloring machine. And what I like about it is there's still some mental activity going on. I'm making choices, being a little creative. It's fun. Uh, But obviously, it's not at all, you know, taxing. Um, And then I also put down cross-stitch because I'm learning that, and that can be fun. Um, Big piece, big one is just to try to go for a walk. Um, It is super cold here. So uh, I actually saw one of my neighbors just walking in our garage, and it was like, duh, Brianna, (laughs) just go downstairs. And then uh, my favorite, which I don't always remember to do, but is take that dance break. And so just making music a part of whatever it could be just to kind of give a little energy to whatever uh, activity I choose. How about for you? Well, in the pre-show talk, we both were talking about how music can definitely be an instant mood booster. And so I, I have a list of people I like to telephone call, like just so that I can talk over my problems, or as you suggested on the last one, talk about anything but my problems just to be lifted (laughs) or just talk about nothing like TV shows or whatnot. Uh, But my list now consists of one thing regarding music and it's Stevie Wonder. I, (laughs) I keep telling myself, I once saw Stevie Wonder live. He came out at some rock the vote contest uh, contest uh, rock the vote concert but put together by MTV and I somehow got a ticket to it for free and he was a surprise guest and he sang with Wyclef and it was amazing to just see him he was so good and there were sound problems and the show was really small but I was maybe four yards from Stevie Wonder and I remember in that moment thinking I'm a fan I need to be a Stevie Wonder fan the truth is I know well, for instance, today I listened to two Stevie Wonder songs, Sign, Still, Deliver, and that one where it's Someone Who Loves Me mm-hmm. from Once in My Life, Someone Who Loves Me. And I love those songs so much that I just listen to them over and over and over again. So I have yet to listen to more Stevie. Like, there's a few other Stevie Wonder songs that I have, but I love those songs so much and they lift my mood so much I've never gone to, like, <laughs> I'll just listen to Superstition, like, 17 times. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, So far, it's Stevie Wonder, and I hope if I hit Stevie Wonder enough, I will listen to more Stevie Wonder songs because they definitively take away the boredom and actually just lift my mood. Very joyous stuff. I love that. Oh, we've got our lists, and I hope, uh, you know, hopefully listeners uh, have have come up with a list as well just to keep that... uh, I guess, keep that boredom in bait, but I will say, also, I didn't write it down, TV is on my list. <laughs> so I'm not trying to pretend at all, like, that's not sometimes what I do to uh, stay off boredom, but uh, I don't, I wish I had a better, more clever segue for getting into our topic this week, but I don't. So uh, we're going to move into that. So this week, we're talking about toxic positivity. And Christy, when I say toxic positivity, what does that mean to you? Okay, so toxic positivity is a word that I actually came across. It's a phrase I came across researching different positivity topics. And what I found amazing when I looked into toxic positivity is the whole time on this entire podcast, we keep talking about positivity where we don't say taking a Pollyanna 
attitude towards life where we don't want to deny that bad things happen because it's truly annoying. And when I looked into what toxic positivity was, it was actually what we've been saying. And I was so excited that there was a phrase for it, Mm -hmm. to be honest, because I want to be a positive person. I am a positive person, or I should say, I want to be a more positive person. Mm -hmm. And I have different degrees of success with that on a regular basis. And all of that is fine. But I don't want to be that person who denies someone else's reality. If you're having a hard time, I want to acknowledge that that's really happening. I don't want a slogan at you. And in the course of looking up examples of positivity, they were talking about how that denial of other people's pain or even your own pain sort of gaslighting yourself with the concept of positive thoughts was what toxic positivity was. And so I thought it would be a great idea for an episode. And so here we are. Mm -hmm. And I remember when you made the recommendation, I believe I said, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, also taking a moment to just look into it a little bit more. I agree. It, it is, um, I think really important to talk about it. I think, as you said, we've been doing, we've been hitting on it throughout uh, our time you know, doing this podcast, but it's important to really talk about it because I think, you know, in in looking into it a little bit more, trying to get a feel for what it is, what it isn't, uh, one of the bigger pieces that struck me is uh, the talk about feelings and emotions. And, you know, when I first looked into it, or when we were first talking about it, it was, we don't want to be in our quest to be more positive. You know, we, both of us, neither of us, I should say, want to be that person that's like, fuck up, or don't worry, everything happens for a reason. We don't, we definitely don't want to be that person. And so that's kind of how I was thinking about it as me to someone else and what what effect I might be having on someone else. But I think there is space as well, as you said, uh, to make sure that I'm not, I don't know, do you practice toxic positivity? I'm not sure what the right phrase is, but that I'm not doing that to myself either. And the big space for me or, or the, the big um, key, I think the the thing that came out and was like, oh, watch for this, is surrounding emotion and feelings. And the idea that with toxic positivity, you're you're ignoring them, you're downplaying them, you are maybe, as you said, gaslighting yourself or others into thinking they're not, that you don't have that you somehow don't have the right to feel them. Um, And so for me, that's really what I took away from, you know, the reading, our conversation, our, you know, our pre-show conversation, it's that idea. And, you know, I've talked about it here. I'm just learning to feel my feelings. (laughs) So if being positive means then all of a sudden I have to do it, I'm a little bit sunk. So I definitely want to want to acknowledge that we can be positive, we can experience challenging and uh, challenges and adversity, and uh, we can be okay with that and all of the thoughts and feelings that come along with it. Absolutely. Because I believe the hope behind avoiding toxic positivity is that you get the benefit of being a positive person without being in that space where you're denying your own reality and other people's reality. And there's this What can get in the way is there's this need, as I become more positive, as I do things, I look at the world in a more positive way, I feel excited about life. I feel happy. I feel all of this joy. And there's this need to want to keep a good thing going. And I have to be on the lookout for me not wanting to deal with disappointment and sadness And frankly, other people's disappointment and sadness, right? Because Mm -hmm. when I'm on a high, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I necessarily want somebody who's going to bum me out. And I know that sounds really selfish, but there, and I will say there are some friends of mine that I actually don't talk to as often as I used to, not because they're having a hard time in their life, but because they seem to only call me when things are terrible. 
Mm-hmm. And I find that being someone sort of sorrow person, I think there was an episode, I never watched the whole show, but I did see a clip on YouTube of Daria and apparently a popular kid died and everybody started talking to her because she was tragedy girl because she wasn't afraid <laughs> of deep emotions. And in that moment, I went, oh my God, I'm tragedy girl. Like just because I'm not uncomfortable and I acknowledge that bad things happen, I don't want to turn into some sort of person that you only think of when things go wrong and mm-hmm. you never invite me to when things are going to be fun. So I've had to weigh that out. Uh, but. I don't want my need to keep a good time going, having me, let's just say, procrastinate on feeling my feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, feeling the feelings. I don't know why that makes me laugh. That's a great phrase, maybe because it's so new to me. Um, But I I mean, absolutely, There, there is something to be said for getting comfortable in that space of adversity. I mean, we've talked about it before that you can be comfortable when things aren't going exactly right or when you're you're experiencing some of those more difficult emotions, but I also really uh it resonates with me that that sense of wanting to keep a good thing going and and actually when I think about that, I think I think of the high pitched voice, right? That like, no, no, everything's fine. Uh, I don't know what you're, it's all good. And and that being a key to, yeah, something's going on and maybe I need to actually deal, look around and, and figure it out and then uh, deal with it. Um, because doing that is what's actually going to keep me in that overall positive mindset or having that overall positive perspective versus if I just, what I've experienced is if I just ignore it uh, or ignore kind of those feelings and, and, and the emotions that are maybe going along with challenging things, uh, eventually I'm going to crash and burn real hard. Absolutely. I think sometimes what what I do with the idea that I'm going to be a positive thinker, I don't do it as often, but I have seen myself do it in the past, is the fear of confronting somebody, and not even a major confrontation, just saying, I don't want to go to that. I can't help mm-hmm. you. I don't know. The fear of doing that and just dealing with it. I tell myself a happy story as to why it's good that I'm doing something that I don't want to do to sort of talk myself. It's that voice. It's that, well, you know, actually it's probably good that, and and I'm not saying that that's a bad quality because sometimes in life you have to do things you inherently don't want to do to get someplace bigger that you want to go to. And the ability to tell myself a better story about it, if it has to happen anywhere is an absolute asset of mine. Mm-hmm. However, uh, with great power comes great responsibility, Spidey. I can't use that tool for evil, for evil unto me and evil unto others. This, well, you know, you might as well do it now because you've always been talking about. Yeah, but I, I, I actually don't have time and I can't afford to go on that trip. I just was afraid to say no. And now I'm camping. I'm not <laughs> going to do that. I'm like, but now you have to pee on the ground and you have to, this is terrible. (laughs) I'm not a camper. Mm -hmm. And my inability to say no to new guy I'm dating. It's like, it took me a very long time to stop pretending that I was someone else to get someone to like me in the name of me saying, well, I got to grow and try new experiences. And it's just, Mm -hmm. yes. But that's not what you're doing here, Christy. You're insecure and you're afraid that if you don't like everything this new guy likes, that he's not going to like you. And it is a possibility. But now that I'm older and, well, I'm, I'm in love now, but even in the beginning, like the, on our very first date, David said to me, do you want to go for a walk? And at the time I was really sick. And also I'm not a, I'm like, oh no, are you looking for hiking girl? Because I'm so not hiking girl. (laughs) Okay. And I remember thinking this could last for forever. He and I had a shot at forever and I went, I'll never be able to sustain that for, nah, I'm just going to tell him right now. One, I'm sick. And two, even if I wasn't, I'm not a big 
let's go for a walk person. Because I could tell it wasn't going to be one of those leisurely walks worth a cup of coffee. It was, he's a big energy guy. And when David walks, it's, you know, three and a half, four miles an hour. <laughs> just, I mean, he's, he's just a big energy guy. And I just remember thinking, maybe we're not a match in that way. As it turns out, he doesn't like to be distracted or slowed down by other people. It has no problem with me just not going. So in that way, it turned out we're a match, but I never would have known that if I would have tried to be, you know, walking girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Walking girl. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I think that there's the, you know, what I hear in that is this, uh, the quality or the ability to discern and, and discernment. I think is important in, or let me just, has been important for me in, in trying to cultivate a more positive outlook and and stay positive because I think it's, it's helped me understand. It's helped me take a look at what's really going on first of all, and then that then helps me understand what am I feeling about it? And now what am I going to do about it? I think prior to this, I sometimes would just, you know, just react and, and just find myself reacting and being very uh, negative or mostly negative or like, again, that kind of fake kind of what we're calling toxic positivity to feel like I'm doing something and, and that I'm, and that I'm making some effort, I guess. Uh, but in learning how to discern better what's coming at me and what my experiences are, I've really been able to understand like the better, more productive or more effective ways to react to those situations. And sometimes that is don't react at all. Uh, I think there are times when I have, get I don't know do you give toxic positivity we'll say I've given off toxic positivity because I didn't really stop to pay attention first of all what was really going on to figure out what the other person needed uh, and because I felt like I had to do or say something and probably in those moments particularly if it's surrounding grief it probably it would have been better for me to just say nothing at all and just be with that person. Instead, I I'm sure it is it, it it's that you know I'm so sorry for your loss and I'm praying for you, which is true, but can also come off as very I don't know what's the right word like trite, <laughs> which or or just like I. I I'm grasping at straws and then you're trying to help explain maybe to this person why this bad thing is happening to them. They don't really need that in that moment. And I had to one, learn how to get comfortable with my own discomfort with the situations that I was in with other people. Again, particularly someone was coming to me with grief. I don't, I'm not sure why, but that's, that's a tough, that was a tough one for me. Um, and just really sit and listen and not try to fix, not try to explain, just listen and be, and be okay with not having the right words because it's, it's, it's so much better to be silent, I think, than to just talk and talk and talk, like to try to make whatever this person is going through go away. I totally agree. And I love that you use the word discernment and grief is the, is the ultimate place where you can really see toxic positivity examples, because it is such a big problem that is definitively, there is definitively no upside to someone's grief. Later, you can say how you know, wow, if that hadn't happened, this wouldn't have happened. But there's no, there's very few people in the world who'd be like, that person I cared about, I would absolutely trade their life to have this new bit of knowledge. Like, I don't really feel like that is a thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's grief changes you. Sometimes those changes improve you as a person. They make you a more compassionate person. But it's it's not that trade-off where I'm glad this person died so this happened. It's a lot of times I think 
I know I'm being more of a toxic, like exemplifying more toxic positivity where I'm on this receiving end of that when somebody's sort of sloganing at me. And, you know, mm-hmm. everything happens for a reason is definitively one of those sayings that I don't think is an inherently mean saying, but it can be a sort of, it sounds like the wrap up. Well, everything happens a reason. It sort of says, I don't have anything to tell you. I guess we should just stop talking. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I actually want to constantly be on the lookout for sloganing at people. And I'm very much, I remember when I was in a support group and I spent a lot of time there and people would call me often for support. And I was excited to have that opportunity because the more I got comfortable with taking calls, the more I felt I would be comfortable making the calls. And I had a really hard time. I don't mind outreaching when I'm bored, but sometimes I've had difficulty in the past outreaching when I'm really, really down. You know, when I'm just a little Mm -hmm. down or a little, you know, my sister I can call, but sometimes she doesn't have what I need in that moment because, you know, people are just sitting there waiting to to solve Christy's problems or to (laughs) to just hear about them. You know, they have lives that they're doing things. So sometimes she's busy and she doesn't have what I need. And then I would need to call someone. And I thought, oh, great. Now I'm part of this group. And then I reached out a couple of times when I was having a really hard time and I got very, I very much, I I mean, I'd spent hours on the telephone with a lot of people and I got the, well, you know, let go, trust God and everything happens for a reason in, and then them seamlessly segueing into their problems. And Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, well, one, it's not necessarily true that everything happens for a reason. I can attribute reason for things that happen, but it doesn't necessarily mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have some semantic issues with that. And I have no problem if you really believe that everything happens for a reason. It's a fine thought. Uh, but it's not necessarily true. It's not a given. And it not isn't necessarily the thing to say to someone who's genuinely having problems. And I think that sloganing is a big, big red flag warning. If I am sloganing to someone instead of just saying, I'm really sorry. I wish your dad hadn't died. I wish this wasn't happening. And I don't have anything to say. I really wish it wasn't happening to you is I think a more genuine thing. And what do you need? What what can I do? Anything. Do you want to just talk? Any question where I'm at least more genuine instead of reaching. I will say on a Facebook comment, I do actually think I'm sorry for your loss is about all you can say on a Facebook comment unless I'm actually volunteering for more. Like I just want to acknowledge, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I write, I'm sorry to hear that your dad died. Like, or your, why is it always dad? I guess it's because I'm thinking of my dad, but I'm sorry mm-hmm. to hear that so-and-so died or that the, you know, I'm sorry to hear about the death of your, you know, loyal companion a lot of times, you know, because people don't always believe that mourning pets is a big deal. And it is, Uh, even though I'm not a big pet person, I fully acknowledge that it hits people really hard and it isn't as easy as just getting a new puppy. Yeah. You, um, you referenced that phrase, I guess everything happens for a reason. And in saying, in talking about that as if, you know, now the conversation's over, I think what that can also do is make the other person feel like they should just be done and over it. And there is, you know, when I was reading through some things about toxic positivity, one of, um, you know, one of the qualities or one of the keys ways you you know, is this toxic is if there's shame coming uh, from that, you know, coming from the other person or, or coming even from yourself, is there shame about what you're feeling or experiencing and going through? And if there is, you know, shame attached to whatever phrase or thoughts that you're having, then that's an indicator that, you know, you're moving into toxic territory. And I really, I really, really just want to hit home this idea that or or the you know the understanding as much for myself as as for others 
that we are we are entitled to our feelings we are entitled to whatever kind of situation you know what if if the situation is is throwing grief and we're mourning or we're just frustrated or you know all of that is okay and i I, I hope that with positivity, it what it does for me and hopefully what it will what it does for others is it just allows you to 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 weather those situations. You're not going to be positive uh, necessarily well, you're not necessarily gonna feel positive when a loved one dies. Maybe you will. I know. I've had that experience um, where you're kind of feeling a lot of things at once uh, and that, and that's okay. Uh, But I just, I don't want people to have any kind of, you know, thought that because they maybe are on this path towards a positive view or a positive outlook that then they just never get to essentially have human emotions ever again that other than everything's great you know uh that's just not realistic and it's so damaging and so i think it's really important you know that you brought forward talking about this topic um because we do i mean obviously we talk a lot about how to sustain and maintain a positive mindset but sometimes we i i think it's important then we also acknowledge that you can always overdo it. <laughs> you can always overdo it. Absolutely. And I actually think feeling quote unquote negative feelings is a way to sustain being a positive person. Eventually the gas on the Pollyanna train runs out. And I've tried to Pollyanna my way through life because I didn't want to feel anything that was because honestly, some grief feels almost like a hole, like a black hole that you'll never emerge from. And it's Mm -hmm. so big and so scary and so existentially, I mean, off-putting that you can't, I I at the time couldn't deal with it all at once. It took me quite, I didn't have the tools at the time. So I just kind of waited. And I often think that a lot of my feelings are I like to think of dealing with my feelings as like rinsing out the Tupperware that I'm storing. You only get so many Tupperware containers, and it is a lot like how I ran my refrigerator situation in the in my twenties. Um, you know, just throwing out pots after not dealing with that spaghetti and throwing away <laughs> a lot of things, and then one day you realize I've only got a finite amount of Tupperware and pots and pans. You can't keep living this way, Christy. And then it's like. But the longer I wait to feel my feelings, the more gross it gets, the more difficult it is to clean later. And I think being current with my feelings is the ultimate way to sustain a positive mindset. Because what I hadn't realized in my whole life when I was exuberating myself, what exuberating, that's not, when I was toxic positivying myself up, (laughs) I... Let's go for an even more ridiculous word. <laughs> At least this one is means what I want it to. Mm-hmm. When I was toxic positivitying it up, I ended up being numb. I ended up feeling really alone. Mm-hmm. And even things and people who I thought were close to me, I felt a distance from them. And there was a hollowness to my relationships that I'd created because I was acting in a disingenuous way that made mm-hmm. me feel alien and otherly in a way that was almost like, and I've said it before, and it was probably an incredibly odd depression, but I felt it was almost as if I was walking through the world underwater. Everything was muffled and muted and weird. And everything in my life had been replaced by a plastic replica of the thing. Mm. And it was just a really dreary, I would have rather have been incredibly depressed or really, really sad at that point in my life, which I finally got to. And then Mm -hmm. I was able to be happy again. But that numbness was disconcerting and scary in a way that makes it hard for you to want to live anymore. And I think ultimately that's where positivity gone wrong can take you. 
Mm -hmm. What that makes me think of is there is definitely a price you pay for being inauthentic. And that, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I think, I don't know how to explain it, but that's what that feels, you know, what you were explaining is that's what that feels like. Your, your body, your spirit, your psyche, even your mind, I think, even if we try to, <laughs> even when we try to kind of gaslight ourselves, I think that if we if we can, you know, be connected in all of those spaces within ourselves. And I think if we can be present, we know what we need to do. Uh, Particularly, I think for ourselves, most, a lot of times, I think, and let me just back up, I'll speak for myself. I think when I got into trouble, similar to what you were describing, it is because I knew what I, what maybe I needed to do or how I needed to kind of deal with whatever was happening. And I chose not to, it wasn't always a conscious choice. So I'm not like shaming myself. Um, but I just, I know now having been able to, to just make more kind of internal connections that that has been what's and I don't know which came first, the positivity or that, uh, but I just, I know that that's been for me, a piece of that is just feeling like I'm living from a more authentic space. And so then what that allows me to do is be uncomfortable for myself when I need to be, or be uncomfortable for other people so that I can just listen and be with them versus feeling again, that idea, like I've got to fix them or pull them out of something or like push them out of uh, something. And so all I'm doing is, as you said, sloganing at them or giving them advice that they definitely did not ask for. And I really appreciate your talking about asking questions, because I think that's a piece of, I don't, that's a piece of that authentic, like listening and caring. I can't assume I know what's best for you. I can't assume I know what you need. So I'm going to just sit here and I'll, maybe I'll think about like, okay, what can I do? But I think what I found the way that I have been able to be a positive source for people, like a mindful kind, positive, you know, source, I guess, is just saying, tell me what you need or, or just asking some more probing questions so that they can get to either whatever it is that they're going through, whatever they're feeling, they can tell me what I can do for them. And sometimes they'll say, I, I, I don't know. And you know what, that's okay. I'll just sit here or we'll sit on the phone or, you know, we can do, I know a lot of people are loving the text these days. We can just keep texting back and forth about nothing if that's what's going to be right for you right now. But it's not going to help if I'm just like, here's a funny picture that, you know, like some cat, the like, hang in there. Um, that's probably not going to help. And so just getting comfortable with my discomfort so that my discomfort or whatever, getting comfortable with me so that I can be authentic with someone else has been a really important piece of this journey for me. I totally agree. It's interesting, though, because the hang in there baby cat made me smile. And I thought, you know, (laughs) it might work. You know, (laughs) you're right. You're right. I shouldn't. uh... (laughs) You could, if you were really, I just, I remember distinctly, it brought up a moment. I was really, really sad. And I was just really sad. It was the first time I was genuinely like all, what my friend, my friend and I were always talking. um, We're always talking. We know you're really depressed when you're um, sitting in the shower. Like it's this bad or you're crying in the shower. So I was in I was sitting in the shower, you know, um sad and um all by myself. And I'm in the room <laughs> and I'm laying down on my guy, you know, he comes in and he's babes, are you okay? And he 
he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to do at all. And he starts singing like a Gloria Stefan song, like get on your feet, except for he only knows that one line of the song. He only knows that one line of the song. So he's standing in the doorway um, singing, get on your feet. Come on, let's get happy or something like that. Come on, let's get happy. And I'm looking at him and he's doing a dance, which I'm kind of doing now. <laughs> like just trying. And the idea that he'd like run through absolutely everything he could think of and like his brain latched onto a song from the 80s, like two lines from Gloria Stefan from like song from 1984 as he stands in my doorway it just made me laugh so hard because i'm like really this is what you've got (laughs) but it was the effort it was the effort and because i was laughing at the this is so wrong he just kept saying it because mm-hmm. once he was like, this is the best thing. Because he was trying everything. He was absolutely trying everything. And I couldn't think of anything. He was like, what do you need? What do you want? Da, da, da. Should I just leave you alone? I feel bad just leaving you out here. Get on your feet. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he'd reached back so deep into his mind just made me laugh. And I got to tell you, it helped. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, if you keep trying and your friend knows you're trying because you're just trying to do something to be helpful and to let them know you're there for them, I think it's mm-hmm. absolutely fine if that's known. But mm-hmm. it's the, I love that you pointed to the shame. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the shaming. Well, everything happens to reason. Well, you should be lucky that you had him that long. You know, some people don't. You know, when you feel that sort of, this conversation should be over, mm-hmm. be happy for you had kind of weird that's when I think it really is it, it's toxic I think and I think mm-hmm. a lot of it comes from if if the place that I'm coming from is I don't want to deal with this right now <laughs> money's on toxic you mm-hmm. know if it's I don't know what to do money's on genuine mm-hmm. well and I think that the <laughs> The Gloria Stefan <laughs> example of David. Lyrics. I don't even know if those are the lyrics because he <laughs> is the perfect example of authentic. Right. He didn't know he was, but he was trying because he really cares for you, and he wanted to. He wanted to be. He he wanted to be helpful and caring, and he wasn't just like leaving you though he would have he would have left you kind of to your own devices if that's what he what you kind of if that's what you told him you needed there's some authenticity in uh making that effort and really you know let's let's get up uh and then kind of of course the humor right always with the humor um he was helpful. Right. Sometimes we can be funny and not even know it. Um, but there was there was effort there and there was trying. And I really I appreciate you kind of pointing out the difference in, you know, if if your if your goal is I can't deal with this right now, then probably, you know, I really appreciate hearing you say then probably that's where it's coming from a toxic place. And I also want to say, okay, so I don't know how to say this. Like, I think that sometimes that's okay. <laughs> like, no, not, yes, not, I agree. Not yeah. It's, yeah. You know, like, not that it's okay that you're just like, oh, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to get all mixed up here. But sort of the flip side of that is, there are going to be times when someone comes to you and they maybe need something for you that in that moment, you just cannot give them. And I think that's where I say it's okay if you can't deal. But then what needs to happen is you need to be very honest about that. So if, say, um, I call you and I need to talk about something that's really happening and you have your own thing going on, you can, because we... I mean, part of it is because we just have this relationship, but you can tell me, hey, it's not a good time right now. Uh, I'll, can I call you back? Or, you know, is there another, whatever, it just kind of depends on what it is in, in the moment. And that's okay, because, you know, I would rather you tell me, hey, Brianna, I can't 
I just can't right now. <laughs> I just can't. I would rather you tell me that than like slogan at me just to basically get me off the phone. And that you, is going to. Yeah, the oh, shame. Leave the shame. No, no. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Leave me with the shame. Not only then you're you're thinking, oh no, you get that like smackdown of like having reached out and and not at all have you know those needs met, but um, also then feeling like, am I wrong for feeling how I feel or having you know going through whatever this is? It would just it it just would I think be better off if if we in that moment we're all kind of speaking to we're we're both really speaking to our needs and you know we know enough about one another and we've had a relationship long enough that we can understand okay I hear you um, maybe we can talk later yes and I feel like one of the reasons why I haven't done that in the past is I've been afraid that the person will dislike me and become resentful and be angry with me. And the truth is sometimes that can happen. You can't say, Oh, I'm really, I understand that you're really having a hard time, but I cannot talk right now. And there are people that I've had in my life who've been, and it's weird because they weren't even people who were close to me, which was what I found amazing Mm -hmm. that were, I thought you were the kind of person that I could turn to. I want you to take away this pain and I want you to take it away right now. Kind of, I mean, I actually, I want you to take away this pain right now was something that somebody genuinely said to me out of a, out of a, a support group. I'll never forget that. And I remember thinking, I, I can't, I had to say, I, I don't, I can't do that. I don't, I don't have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. I can't feel your pain for you. If that's what you're genuine. Cause I was trying to, be there to support the person. And I eventually just said, listen, I don't feel like I'm being very supportive right now. You know, what is it that you need so that I can help you or be here for you? And they were very much, I need you to take away this pain and I need you to take this pain away right now or something like that. It was literally, I remember the words, take it away right now. We're definitively in there. I remember thinking, okay, no wonder. I mean, I didn't think of a Gloria Stefan song, but I was really trying to be, you know what I mean? I was trying everything to be like listening and do things that they just were very demanding. And I just had to say, oh, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And they were like, fine, click. You know, it was just <laughs> Um, and so it is absolutely within the realm of things that can happen. You're not being a not positive or a not genuine person by saying, I, I can't actually, do. you don't have to, just because somebody has a problem doesn't mean you have to deal with it right now. Um, mm-hmm. on the other hand, I, I feel like sometimes I get a lot of bad ideas from books and movies about how I'm supposed to be, what mm. brave looks like, what being a good friend looks like, what, being successful looks like. And my fear of being the genuine me in face of that message that I've gotten, like me saying I don't have time for somebody is me being a bad friend. Me crying because I'm disappointed over something is me being a spoil sport. Me being, you know, uh, needing help because I don't have all the answers is me being not a successful independent person. And I have all these ideas of how I should be that I block who I am in the name of self-improvement or appearing to be improved, I should say, Mm -hmm. that is definitely an example of toxic positivity. Like in the name of trying to make myself somebody, I shame my own inherent feelings about things or the need to be a positive influence on my friends. I give what I don't have. My Mm. need to appear strong in the face of adversity means I can't cry in public. Ooh, strong in the face of adversity. That one's gotten me into trouble for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I can't cry in public. I can't cry ever. Uh, That's, that is a little bit of toxic positivity. Um, I'm learning. Tears are flowing every once in a while, guys. It's good stuff. Um, But, oh, man, I just, I really want to just agree with everything you've said. (laughs) Basically, I think that there is just such a, 
again, it comes back to that sense of authenticity and who, who are we really being? And am I really helping someone if I'm not bringing my full self? Sometimes my full self is, I just can't do this right now. But I will say sometimes it is, oh man, I don't think I've got this in me, but let me just try. And that certainly, um, uh, that certainly can be helpful, uh, both for me and the other person. If I, you know, if I can kind of dig deep, I guess, and, and try to help them. Eh, that sounds terrible, but it's true. I don't think it sounds uh, terrible. <laughs> it feels terrible about that. Um, I just, I just really feel like I'm not really going to be helpful if I can't be myself and, or I'm not really living out this positive perspective and mindset if I am not allowed or not allowing myself to be myself. And so I, I really uh, can identify with that sense of, you know, I thought I knew, uh, you know, getting, getting messages, whether it's TV, books, movies, the people you know about who you should be versus really feeling it out and thinking about who you want to be and who you really are. And that brings me back to that sense or, or that the importance of um, understanding your values and uh, your identity uh, and being able to connect what you're doing with that. So if, you know, particularly when we have to do things that are challenging. So if say um, you are, you know, you come to me and you're like, Hey, I want to talk about this. And, and in the moment, I, I just can't, I feel like I'm strong enough in my identity. I'm strong in our relationship that I would be able to tell you that and tell you why, because sort of, in this situation, I can imagine uh, it would be the, like, I've got to put my own oxygen mask on first if I'm going to be able to be helpful to myself and to others. And so I know deep down that I, I'm a helpful person. I value being a help to my, uh, my friends and my family. Not being able to do that here and there doesn't negate those relationships. And it certainly doesn't negate my value as a person or my value as a friend. And I think for a really long time, I thought that it did. Oh boy, do I relate to that? Yes, absolutely. It's interesting because I think a lot of the time my need to, well, one, I have a customer service personality in general. I was just reared that way. It works nicely and it works great if, in retail. I do have the look of somebody who works at a store, as I've said many times, <laughs> um, no matter what store I'm in, there will be someone lost looking for something that will ultimately, I'm like, I'm not even wearing a red Target shirt. Do you really think <laughs> that I work here? But I do have, that's why I want to dye my hair blue. But then I worry that I'll just look like a person who's, who works at a store, who's trying not to look like a person who works at a store, but long story, mm -hmm. even longer. The truth is, I feel like my fear is that if I'm my authentic self, I will be rejected. Mm -hmm. And what it's taken me a long time to learn is that I'd rather be rejected for who I am than liked for who I'm not, because I only really exist in one of those scenarios, if those mm -hmm. are of those, of those two. I mean, there's another scenario where you're liked for who you truly are, and that's a golden and happy place to be. But if I'm just putting up a front and being the girl that they want to be, like I'm living in a Taylor Swift song, you know, that song that she wrote. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm living that, I don't exist anymore. And then I wonder why I feel nothing. And I think when I do that to people or when people feel a need to do that to know me, listen, not everybody is going to be a match. Not everybody could be friends, but I don't want to miss out on knowing who you really are because it could be better. A lot of times it's like, I remember from actually working at a store, people would come in and they'd have this idea for a gift, but 
you'd show them another thing that was nothing like what they thought they were looking for. And they say, it's perfect. When you'd mm-hmm. spent like 25 minutes trying to find the exact thing they were looking for. And it was what they said they were looking for. And they went, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like everybody thinks they know what they want, but the truth is they can't know the unique and wonderful person you are ahead of time. So just go ahead and show it because it's a feeling all your feelings, showing who you really are, being a genuine person makes you an extraordinary person. Mm. I'm going to sit with that for a minute. It's in it, in it, it is then as well. I feel like, there's just something like um, authenticity invites authenticity. And so if I am my authentic self and positive, you know, if I'm, I'm working on this positivity thing and that's what I'm trying to cultivate. And in that it, what comes from that is I'm able to handle or weather or experience less than positive things Um and not be crushed by it. Um, I feel like then if I can, if I can cultivate that for myself and then give that, like, that's what I'm giving out or that's what people are experiencing. Then I feel like then what you would end up getting back is authentic, kind, positive people. I feel like, and and I think you, um, talked about this before, but that idea that you spend so much time trying to be what you think other people want you to be, mm-hmm. whether that's positive all the time, never sad, uh, always have the right answers, you name it, I've probably thought it and done it, like practice it. I find then that people, that you're having people around you who don't really know you one and, and and that just that is so challenging but then you're also kind of putting yourself into positions of being in the circle of people that you maybe just that aren't giving you what you need and you maybe just don't even want to be around and and I don't say that to be a, a, the again I worry about sounding like a jerk but if I'm in a real if I'm in a relationship or if I'm, you know, a friend or a coworker or whatever, and I'm like kind of doing this dance to be what I think that you want me to be. And then always positive and having the right words and never really needing anything from you or trying to get something and only getting that kind of sloganing and whatnot back. I need, I, I just, that is so unfulfilling and and what I've learned over time, and particularly since we've been doing this work, is I actually get much more fulfilling relationships when I am my authentic self. And when I'm saying, look, everybody, uh, this is who I am, and I'm really trying for this positivity thing, but there are going to be times when I am not. And there are going to be times when I'm complaining. And I would love it if you could just gently remind me <laughs> that... Uh, Hey, what a wonderful opportunity to rephrase that, you know, or reframe that. Uh, But just know that I'm not going to stay there for long. So if you could just hang with me, I will, I'll get out of it. And um, I just feel like my relationships are so much deeper and more meaningful. And I hope I am a better friend and daughter and granddaughter and you know all of the things that you need to be sometimes for people I just hope that living from that space makes me you know be I don't know I don't want to say necessarily be better but be more available and capable of loving and caring for people very authentically and I don't know. I, I feel like my experience now that we that I've been on this track uh, or path, whatever. Um, just my, I feel like that's my experience is pointing to it. It matters and it has a positive effect. Absolutely, and I do think it's 
very interesting for me. I wanted to be positive and I wanted to view people positively. And so I would meet people and there would be things about them that I didn't like, but I was always trying to see the good in them. And what I started to realize is I don't have to like unlikable people. And I know that doesn't sound very positive, but it actually turned out to be very freeing. Not everybody's a match for everybody. I used to think mm -hmm. I had to just say yes to everything. <laughs> Uh, like everybody, and then everybody would say yes to me and everybody would like me. And that's not how the world works. It's an exhausting, inauthentic way to be. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I feel like it's that sort of Pollyanna, he's a great guy if you just get to know him. He's a serial killer, Christy. I know, but he's reformed or whatever it is <laughs> I'm saying. It just isn't going to get me into good places. And it took me a while to see that I don't have to like unlikable people. And me judging somebody to be unlikable may not be what other people consider to be positive. But the truth is, I'm going to look for an opportunity elsewhere. That's how I'm seeing the positive view on that. And it's a really mm -hmm. fine line because there's one thing about being authentic and then you know, feeling your feelings. And even when those feelings could be quote unquote negative and then negativity. And that's mm. where discernment, I think, really comes into play. Because I know I'm being negative and not authentic when I am just all in, all out, just just complaining. Do you know what I mean? Like like uh, like witching about it uh, to, and then just replace that with a B because I'm trying to improve my language just for fun. <laughs> but if I'm just one of these, I don't want to be that middle-aged woman complaining about the government all the time. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I just don't want to be that. It's such a tired cliche. Either I'm going to live my values and look for opportunities to affect change in the world to where I want and occasionally commiserate and express my displeasure with things that I don't agree with to friends who feel the same way, but I don't want to turn into that person who was just complaining all the time. And what's the difference between being authentically upset over something and just complaining all the time? For me, I feel like the difference is this. If when I'm talking, the feeling, I'm feeling a feeling and it's dissipating, it's getting smaller rather than larger, then I am feeling my feelings. But if I can rage about the government for hours and hours and I'm using it as a cheap and easy and low fuel way to bond with somebody, I may not be being as – I may be missing out on a more positive opportunity to bond over something more substantial. Mm -hmm. Wow. I really – connect with that or, or or appreciate and identify with that. I think there's also, you know, I'm working on the trying to get out of my head <laughs> and, and really kind of experience more of what's happening in my body. And so I think there's that, for me, it's that piece of how do I feel, you know, do I, uh, am I more Am I more, uh, do I feel better? Do I feel, and, and not in that way where like, not feel better as in, great, I've just unloaded all this stuff on you. You take it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> not that, definitely not that. But do I feel better because I've talked about something and I've worked through it or, or you know, uh, talked with someone and had it be like a sounding board for me to work through or deal with something? Or do I feel that like sluggish kind of meh? Uh, and that to me is how I, I can tell, okay, you're getting a little, you're going a little too far down that like negativity uh, sidewalk. And um, sometimes for me too, what comes up is there's this like almost like a voice in my head that's like, you don't even, you don't even really feel that strongly about whatever you're complaining about right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> knock it off. Um, but what's helped, um, I think, for me is getting to the heart of the feeling. Like, why is this, why is it that you feel, you know, I talk to myself as far as like, why do you feel like you need to complain about this? Well, I'm frustrated. Why are you frustrated? Well, because this, and it makes me feel out of control, or I feel like um, there's this big issue and I can't get anybody to pay attention. And I feel like we're all going to die. Um, you know, but I think being able to identify, like go deeper than just 
something's not right. So I'm going to complain about it and try to get the lift or the, 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 um, the resolution from that. I think that uh, with the trying to be more positive and be authentic and, and not just brush it off or be at the surface level, I do have to start going a little bit deeper. And one of the things I've noticed is for how big of a deal for me or like a trigger, whatever the right term is, frustration is. I spend a lot of time, I spent rather a lot of time complaining because I was really frustrated about something, but wasn't taking the time to acknowledge that. And then trying to figure out, well, what are you frustrated by? And do you have any control over that? And as I started to go deeper and understand more about what was kind of pushing me to complain or pushing me to be negative or kind of be in that, um, I call it my phase. Um, definitely I can, uh, recognize when those things are happening and do, do some reframing or do just, I've got things that I can do to really get to the heart of whatever it is and actually deal with it versus just, staying very negative and then, you know, not really being a help to myself or at times others. Yes. And I think that's what makes it so tricky. I think people aren't deliberately trying to be, trying to be toxically positive. I feel like it sometimes stems from a good place and it turns into a habit that is applied without thought. Mm -hmm. And sometimes being in a habit of seeing the bright side is a skill, but it, anything can be, if used too much, turn into toxic. I mean, too much water, which is the basis of life, will drown you. So you can't, anything, too much of anything is going to cause you problems. And I think it, I think it would be, would be amiss if we had a positive view podcast where we didn't actually address the idea of toxic positivity. And it mm -hmm. is a very tricky subject because there is a fine line between being authentic and being authentic with your feelings and then just flat out. And I, I think, I think in flat out just being the kind of person who's like, and here's all my rotten all the time. Do you know what I mean? As mm -hmm. I call it. And that's why I think when we did our original positivity fest, we needed that 15 minutes by the dumpster out the back to just complain about our jobs. <laughs> Because it was just too much. We couldn't go the whole way. We needed that. I think it was like 15 minutes at four o'clock every day or something. And we just mm -hmm. literally stand by the dumpster of all places. Mm -hmm. Which is very symbolic and really helped me, to be honest. Um, <laughs> deal with my thoughts. So I feel like as long as you're not stuffing your emotions or trying to avoid feeling your feelings, um, you know, those are really good signs. And the promise between the promise of avoiding toxic positivity is a freedom and a joy and a connection and authenticity that can have in your life. And I think some of the things that get in the way are stuffing your feelings or the fear of being rejected, bad ideas that you might have gotten from some movies or people's, you know, people's, people's, Brianna, people, you know, <laughs> and, and just being afraid that if you are who you are, you'll be rejected. And I think ways to recognize whether or not you're being toxic are things like, does what I say instill shame in someone? Watches my feeling, are my feelings being used to deny, I mean, are my, are my words being used to deny reality or feelings? Look for sloganing at people. Look for that sing-songy, well, blah, blah, blah voice. And uh, look to see if the feeling that you're expressing is dissipating or if it's sort of growing on its own, if it's turning into that, that, that growing blob. And also mm -hmm. if you're dealing with somebody and you want to genuinely be po a, a positive influence or be there for them, just asking them what they need and doing your best and being genuine as to whether or not you can meet those needs, I think are some really great ways to do that. And that brings us to this week's mission, which is to be on the lookout for toxic positivity in your life and reframe that thinking whenever possible. So we would love to hear from you, your questions um, and perspectives on the topics that we talked about in this episode or any of our episodes. And you can email us at positiveviewpodcast at gmail.com. That's positiveview, V-I-E-W podcast at gmail.com. 
Yes, and on the next show, we will be discussing the positive view on manners. And don't forget, new episodes are available every Monday. Please subscribe and take a moment to rate and review the podcast because it helps us get to more people. And that is our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Brianna G. And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. We'll talk soon.